Hello and welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. I want to welcome to the show our host with the most, it's Chris! Hello and welcome everyone, welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is indeed stranger than fiction sometimes, and we have a wonderful show for you tonight. We have three amazing panelists. And as always, we have our amazing tech, Adam. Good to be here, Chris. Feeling hot tonight. Good to have you. Good to be here myself, indeed. Uh, And uh, we have a really fun show tonight. Uh, Adam, what, um, let's see. When you look outside of your house, like what what do you see? What's in your horizon? Oh, in my horizon, um, huh? it's it's the beautiful old oaks of downtown Orlando. Ooh, very nice, very nice indeed. All right, yeah. well, keep yeah. that thought in mind because I'm going to use that as part of the reveal of what tonight's show topic is. And tonight, right. uh, as always, History Bluffs is a uh, is a show that we record that has three panelists telling us stories. Two of them are going to be truthful. One of them will be bluffing, and they're based on a topic that we will divulge divulge soon. Uh, Adam, would you be so kind as to uh, bring out the first of our three panelists? Oh, you know, I can't. Uh, Let me get off the stage and make room for them. Tell all me right. who you want to bring out. Let's bring out Mr. Darren Humphrey. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, hello, Darren. How are hello, you, my friend? I, I'm great. Excellent, excellent. Hey, you know, um, you travel uh, quite a bit, uh, as I do occasionally. I do. And um, uh, you were recently in Europe, right? I was. I was in the mountains. All right. And uh, when you were in the mountains, before you got to the mountains, when you were in the cities of Europe, did you notice, especially in in London more than any other, but in in several other cities, they call toilets, they call them water closets, right? Uh, they do, yeah. WC. And, and occasionally you see these signs all over the city, like WC. Do you see these WC signs all over the place? I do see WC. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's what that's always like intrigued me, um, you know, as, as I was traveling, when I, especially when I first started. I've been lucky enough to travel overseas quite often now. But when I first started, it, it, that was one of the things that stuck out to me. What's something else that stuck out to you about that's a little bit different than what we the way we do things here? Well, uh, I mean, I had heard, and I think this was German propaganda, that WC stood for Winston Churchill. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I can't say if it does or not. In some instances, it does. But in other instances that I'm referencing, it stands for water closet. So uh, keep that thought in mind, uh, Darren, because right you're going to be joined on tonight's panel uh, by Gina Hunter. Gina, come on out. Hello, Gina. Gina, um, you and your husband also travel from time to time. You um, do. And, uh, you do. Uh, and you guys have been to Chicago, right? Yeah, we sure have. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite spots of Chicago is the Miracle Mile, you know, that that uh, that heavy shopping area, um, that beautiful shopping area. Yeah. Uh, have you guys been there and, and walked around that area? Well, we were there. Actually, Okay, so this is actually interesting. We were there one time and some man on the street said, hey, would you like to go to an underground festival? And we left them. We left there and we went to the festival, which was not underground. It was just sort of like a, you needed passwords to get in and stuff like that. Uh, and it was this great big underground music festival in Chicago. I don't even know what it's called. I know nothing. It was just fun. It was just very cool. a fantastic very night. Cool. Well, very cool. Hold on to that thought because you two are going to be joined 
by our third panelist, Mr. Alan Forbes. Come on out, Alan. Hey, everyone. Oh, all right. So uh, some of you may know this. Some of you may not know this. Alan, you can hear in his voice, he actually is a, uh, a voiceover artist. He does professional voiceover work. Is that correct, Alan? I do voiceover work. I do voice impersonations particularly, yes. Yes, indeed. And as part of that, uh, as part of his training and part of warm-ups, you probably do tongue twisters, don't you? <laughs> uh, like red leather, yellow leather, that sort yes, of thing, exactly, yes. Exactly. And one of my favorites of those is uh, Sally Sells Seashells by the Seashore. It's very difficult for me uh, to say that one often. But what's what's one of your favorites? Oh, I just said my favorite in particular. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I red leather, yellow leather. That's a great way to, to keep yourself from twisting on that la, 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 la sound. Okay, all right. Well, the reason I'm not just here rambling, okay? Sometimes I am, but tonight I'm not. This, this <laughs> we were is wondering with 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 Adam's field of vision, with Gina walking down Miracle Mile past Marshall Field, and. Mm -hmm. Al, uh, with Alan doing tongue twisters while sometimes maybe watching a movie starring the actress Sally Field and Darren walking past the W.C. water closet thinking of jokes as he does sometimes by W.C. Fields. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's topic yeah. is Field, F-I-E-L-D. So our three cameras are going to regale us with stories inspired by the word field, okay? Two of them are telling truthful based stories and one of them is going to be bluffing we are going to determine as we hear their stories in three different rounds how uh, we're going to determine that's how we're going to determine which of them are bluffing so uh, adam if you would please put up the rules of the game here come the rules of the game so all right very good as our uh as i mentioned our historians are inspired by the topic and tonight it is field the word field uh, two of the stories are true stories that are factual based, uh, and one of our panelists is bluffing. So the bluff story is fictional. We ask for no audience help, please. If anyone watching uh, is is googling some information or searching on any search engine, whether it's Bing or any other search engine, uh, please don't share that information in the comments section until we're done with the third round of our stories. At which point we will all then have an opportunity to guess who tonight's bluff is, because. No one, except for Adam, our tech, and the actual bluff themselves, none of the rest of us know who the bluff is. So we will all find out together once we determine who our guesses are for the bluff. We'll all find out together who the actual bluff is. So uh, with that being said, shall we uh, – is everybody ready to go? We, we should jump right into the stories. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Uh, Darren, we're going to start with you. So, uh, Adam, let's kick off round number one. Let's do it. Round one. And Darren, Darren, uh, we're going to have you begin. So the first round is going to be 75 seconds, and then each successive round will get shorter and shorter. It will go 75 seconds in round one, 60 seconds in round two, 45 seconds in round three. So, Darren, you're first up in round one. The floor is yours. Okay. The title of my story today is Fields of Dreams. But it's not about baseball. It's about Wendelin Werner, the first woman to win the Fields Medal in Mathematics in 2006 for her contributions to, quote, the theory of holomorphic dynamics and the geometrization of three-dimensional manifolds, including proofs of Burr's conjecture on the density of cusp points in the boundary of the Teichmuller space, and, of course, 
who doesn't remember her elegant proof of crazed theta function conjecture? I mean, we all remember where we were when we heard that they, uh, the crazed theta function conjecture was finally proven. I, I myself was at a Kentucky Fried Chicken because it wasn't called KFC because it was still 2006. You know, it's still called Kentucky Fried. Uh, that, that's BS. I have no idea what the cray theta conjecture is. But Wendelin Werner does, and that's why the Fields Commission awarded her the prize in 2006. Now, if you haven't heard of the Fields Medal for Mathematics, how about these caramels? You actually have, if you saw the movie Goodwill Hunting. But more on that in a minute. Ooh. Intriguing. All right. Nicely done. All right. Well, uh, Gina, we're going to have you please come out and comment on Darren's first round story of his Fields of Dream. Well, I would like to say that I believe him in his entirety because I absolutely understood every single word of that round. <laughs> of course. Oh. Deep, deep like, deep so far, deep. it's scanning. It, it, you know, he's right even about the KFC thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. so I, you That's know, true. unless... Unless he's the liar, he's uh, not bluffing right now. <laughs> okay, all right. Like maybe he's a little, you know what I mean. Like right now, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Alan, what say you? All right, Chris, I know that Darren is a very smart person. He's an engineer uh, by trade. He knows what a lot of those words meant, and he knew <laughs> that they had too many syllables for any of us to check his work, that we would not... <laughs> know who the recipients of these <laughs> random awards are therefore it's so complicated he hoped to dissuade us from ever having any knowledge of the field and he's correct uh, <laughs> all right i don't know what it is either <laughs> the art of confusion uh, darren's going with the art of confusion hey, hey chris uh, for, uh, i just I, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I have to give Darren a point for saying if you like those caramels. Oh, <laughs> well done, well done it's good, indeed. It's a movie quote, and and good on you for oh. noticing that, for picking that up, uh, Adam. I get um, a point too. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, for my money, uh, see, my my ex-wife was an accountant, so I used to leave all the math to her. So I'm so far on the fence about whether or not Darren's story is is uh, clicking with me yet. So. Um, uh, without further ado, let's go to our second panelist of the evening and their round one story, which is going to be 75 seconds. Gina, we're going to have you come up and uh, give your 75-second round one story. Floor is yours now. Okay, thank you. Um, my story is called Field and Stream, and it starts in 2009. Um, in 2009, in Tring, England, there was a robbery at the British Museum of Natural History. Um, the funny thing about it is, even though it's a big, giant, fancy museum, it went unnoticed for 35 whole days. Um, on the evening of the robbery, the alarm went off, but the security guard didn't hear it. Uh, they, uh, it was said that he was watching a soccer game, which the museum emphatically denies. Um, the stuff that was stolen uh, wasn't immediately apparent, so they didn't even know that they were robbed. It was something from a back storage room. And no one noticed a broken window where the, uh, where the thief got into the building upstairs uh, for 35 days. Once they noticed, they called the police, uh, but they, and they checked the video surveillance, they call it CCTV. 
TV over there, and they um, the surveillance only went back 28 days. So even even though there had been a robbery, even though they had the tape, they could not figure out who had gotten in there. So they had to do some investigating, and that's when they started to um, investigate the robbery. They took inventory, and they noticed that 600 bird caucuses from a storage room had been the only thing stolen. That'll stop right now. Okay. More to come in the second and third round for that. Um, let's see. Uh, Darren, what do you what do you think of Gina's opening with field and stream story? Well, first of all, they call it telly over there, not <laughs> CCTV, or they or they would call it CC telly. <laughs> CC telly. So I, I don't I don't believe you. <laughs> he's not right. he's not liking those caramels. He's not I'm liking not. those caramels, indeed. He's I think they call out. them caramels there. Yeah, yeah. caramels right. probably. They, they try to condense the syllables and everything that they do. Uh, Alan, what do you think? Uh, Alan, what do you think of Gina's story? All right. Again, no one cares about a robbery at the Museum of Natural History. So that's why Gina chose that. <laughs> yes, thank you, audience. That's why Gina chose that topic. Also, bird caucuses. I just know of a caucus being how you vote during a primary election in certain states. I don't know. Birds having caucuses to vote. All right. How do you All think right. you get more <laughs> Well, good good points there. And and uh uh Alan, we're gonna actually ask you to come back up onto the floor here. Uh and uh we're gonna have you tell us your first round 75 second story, uh, and the floor is yours. It's called the field of football. Yes, the date was November twelfth, eighteen ninety-two, a day that would forever be etched in sports history. Although no one involved that day could possibly have recognized the importance of the occasion, it was the day that the Allegheny Athletic Association football team defeated the Pittsburgh Athletic Club. The game itself was not that momentous of an event, but one of the circumstances of the game did make it a never-to-be-forgotten moment in sports history. One of the AAA players, William Heffelfinger, was openly paid $500 to play the game. Thus, pro football made its debut 130 years ago in comparatively obscure surroundings that could not possibly have provided the slightest clue to the worldwide popularity that the sport would be destined to enjoy, particularly in the waning decades of pro football's first century. While the PSA, PAC had suspended something, uh, suspected something illegal was afoot, there was no immediate evidence to back up its belief that the AAA had abandoned standard practices that day. Wow. All right. The birth of football being thrown yeah. upon us. Yeah. Um, professional football. To be specific, professional, yes, professional football. That's right. Um, I, I'm just enamored with the name Heffelfinger. So, um, uh, Darren, what what do you think, Darren? I mean, come on, Alan. You pick an obscure topic like professional football <laughs> that nobody could possibly know anything about. Uh, well, point, point. well, well, well spoken, Gina. What do you, Gina? What do you think? Well, I appreciate Alan right now for many reasons. And the main reason here is that I have the exact date 
um, when every uh, wife in America started to hate their husband. Um, because <laughs> and I don't know the date, but if you do, Alan, please let me know when the hell spring training came in because that ruined our spring too. <laughs> <laughs> I am a sports widow right here. Nina's getting some useful history, uh, some historical yes. date here that somehow I think her husband is going to pay for later. I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> uh, the bucks lost. <laughs> Uh, Gina, why don't we um, uh, move on now? We're gonna, we've heard from all three of you in your first rounds in 75 seconds. We are now, Adam, going to move to round number two, where we are shrinking the clock down to 60 seconds. Let's do it, round two. And Gina, why don't you come on out and uh, Gina, why don't you come on out and begin your second round, 60 second story? Now the floor is yours. Um, so when the police began investigating and they they noticed that, that that was the only thing missing, um, their first place that they went was the guest list. Uh, people had to sign in to go into the museum. They looked at um, various correspondence and um, and all of the things that, you know, to try to find a suspect. And everybody on the guest list was a suspect. Um, they traced, uh, they were able to contact everybody, find alibis or whatnot, but um, a couple of people didn't have alibis. Uh, and one guy they couldn't find by the phone number or the email that he left because it was fake. Uh, but they were able to find a website under his name. His name was Edward List. And what was on his website, he was selling, he was what was called a fly tire, which means that he uh, tied uh, various uh, jewels and feathers and things to uh, to multi-pronged uh, hooks that people would use for fly fishing. And the purpose of these hooks was that the different colors and the different feathers were to emulate different animals that would make the fish jump out or go different ways so that the flyer fishermen can catch them. And I'll tell you more about the story on the third round. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Alan, what did you think of Gina's second round of the story there? All right. Uh, so this Edward, was it Lisp? Um, oh, hold on. L, um, excuse me, Rist. R-I-S-T. Oh, I said Rist. My apologies. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, see, that's all right. She's not being <laughs> forthright. Um, the fly, the, the fly, so the, this is quite an elaborate scheme, getting mm -hmm. caught just so you can make elaborate fishing lures. I I think that uh, you could just hunt some some birds and, and get uh, the, the similar results. I don't know. Ah. Mm. All right. All right. Very oh. deep uh, thought there that this uh, this crook is doing too much work to be believable. Interesting. Interesting. So what, if I, the, what if the bird is extinct? Where oh. would you get that? Oh, good question. Ooh, just question. Uh, Darren, what do you think? Darren, what do you think of Gina's story? Well, you know, first of all, she said the very first thing the police did was like go go to the museum. I think the first thing they did, like police everywhere, was they went to the British equivalent of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but but the whole MO, it really uh, it sounds a lot more like the work of the Heffelfinger gang to me. <laughs> very famous. Yeah. Well, you well don't know what the reveal will be. <laughs> the Heffelfinger gang, indeed. Uh, well, let's find out uh, what's happening in the world of Heffelfinger. Let's bring uh, Alan back out for his 60-second round number two. Great. Well, absolute verification, in fact, did not become public for almost 80 years until the Pro Football Hall of Fame received a dis and displayed a document, an expense account sheet of the Al uh, uh, Allegheny Athletic Association that clearly shows 
a game performance bonus to who? W. Heffelfinger for playing $500, receiving $500 in cash. While it is possible that others were paid to play before 1892, the AAA expense sheet provides the first irrefutable evidence of an out-and-out cash payment. It is appropriately referred to as uh, today as Pro Football's birth certificate. The sport of American football itself was relatively new in 1892. Its roots stemmed from two sports, soccer and rugby, and they I'll, I'll tell you more in just a bit. All right, more to come in round number three for now. Um, let's see, uh, Gina, uh, what do you think about this irrefutable evidence that irrefutable my ass because i mean what are you gonna do you just basically i'm gonna write down that i was born on this day and this day that like you gotta love the 1800s where they just wrote stuff down and believed it i wrote down that i got 500 dollars on this uh november 12th 1892 to play this game but for 80 years nobody else got paid but i did and then i'm gonna write it down and show you and call it official <laughs> that's like so cool <laughs> All right. All right. Instead, of, I think she's saying irrefutable is more a little bit revisionary. Um, yes, that would be better than my ass, but I said it. <laughs> uh, Darren, what do you think of this? I'm having a hard time swallowing the amount of money. $500 in 1892 oh. is probably enough money to buy, like, Africa. Oh. <laughs> Let alone play a football game in, what, Allegheny, Pennsylvania or something? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Good point. And yeah, he probably could have bought the whole team at that point for $500 in, in that much money at that time. All right. Well, um, uh, we've heard from Gina in round two. We've heard from Alan in round two. So, Darren, that leaves you. Let's get you back out here on the floor for your 60-second round number two. The floor is yours. Okay. So in the movie Goodwill Hunting, Professor Lambeau, who is the uh, mathematics professor at MIT who discovers that Matt Damon is some sort of math genius, he is described as having won the Fields Medal. And it's an award so prestigious that Robin Williams' character describes it as even more rare than a Nobel Prize, which it is because the Fields Medal is only awarded every four years, not every year like your garden variety you know, Nobel Prize. And, and even then, the Fields Medal is not awarded every time. And in fact, after the first, you know, the inaugural award in 1936, there were no new winners until 1950. And making it even rarer, the Fields Medal is only awarded to mathematicians under the age of 40 who have made major contributions to the field of mathematics. And up until 2006, every winner was a male. But that changed with Gwendolyn Warner. Oh, all right. So, uh, Gina, what do you think of the uh, male-dominated uh, mathematician award giving story well the caramel that stuck out to me on this one was that <laughs> darren was literally so technical in his first round and so not technical in this round yet he still added math uh, and, and and numbers and arithmetic just to throw us off i think um so right now i'm teetering between um whether I mean, if I'm the liar, then I don't. I'm not going to vote for either one of them. But if I'm not the liar, I'm still teetering, and I don't know which one I will vote for just yet. Ooh, so, all right. Big words from a little person. Big words indeed. Um, Alan, Gina's saying 
tech no, what do you say? I I see where she's coming from here. You know, we most of us have seen the movie Goodwill Hunting, but Darren is just preying on the fact that we don't know it well enough <laughs> to remember the name of the award that uh, he was trying to push Matt Damon into winning. So I'm still thinking a little. There's there's a bluff afoot. There's a bluff. Yeah, and Alan he also quote he also quoted a dead man. So okay. you know that is very that's a lot that's desperate. <laughs> Quoting the dead. It's it's never happens. You it never happens in history. We never quote them in history. No. <laughs> well, we have some very interesting things to think about, ladies and gentlemen, because we have our fields of dreams, our field and stream, and our field of football stories all deep, deep, deep into it. I'll leave you to determine what it is, but. Uh, we are now going to move on to round number three. And, and as mentioned at the top, we are going to reduce the time yet again, this time from 60 seconds down to 45 seconds. So for our concluding, our concluding rounds, our concluding rounds will be done now in 45 seconds. And uh, we are going to ask Mr. Alan Forbes to lead us off. Floor is yours. And I will. Uh, earlier, Chris had mentioned that I was talking about the birth of football, but I was specifically talking about professional football because it was earlier, back in, on uh, November 6th, 1869, that Rutgers and Princeton played what was billed as the first college football game. Not professional, as uh, we are seeing college football become today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but uh, no, Princeton played what was billed as that game. And however, it wasn't until the 1880s that a great rugby player from Yale, a Walter Camp, pioneered rules a rules change that slowly transformed the rugby game into the new game of American football that we uh, now know of and embrace today. All right, all right. Um, Darren, what what do you think, Darren, about um, Alan's conclusion think, of the field football story? I think he added no new information in that round. It was like, yeah, here's some other ancillary stuff that also happened before the supposed date of this story in 1892. <laughs> like, oh yes, why football is related to rugby? Mm-hmm. Ah. He's he's using a technique that actually some football teams use. They go backwards to throw off the defense instead of going forwards. So interesting take there, Alan. Um, uh, let's see. Darren, we're going to have you come out and um, tell us. Oh, Gina, I'm sorry. Gina, you have comments on, on Alan's story. My bad. I know. The only thing I want to say is it's sort of a little timely because poor dear Queen Elizabeth passed recently. And um, if you notice, when they were singing, you know, they sing God Saves the King now, but their national anthem was God Saves the Queen, and they changed it for their particular ruler. And... Um, and then when America, you know, adapted that song here, they made a very slight change. My country, tis of thee, but it's the same tune. So they had a revolution, got away from the Brits and borrowed something, but only changed it slightly, which is what Alan just said happened as well. So like they borrowed, oh. like, oh, it's rugby. We're going to change the rules slightly and call it. I mean, it sounds very American to me. So there is a thread of truth to his little teeny story that I think may, I'm not sure now. See, you've confused. I don't know. 
This is fine. This is very. He says I'm telling the truth. Yeah, I well, know you're telling the truth because of that one fact. Because Americans are known for doing that throughout history, so that's a good fact to put in there. But is it trickery? Mm, I don't know. Well done, Alan. You have her totally confused yeah. at this point. Uh, so, um, <laughs> all right, uh, Darren, we're going to have you come up, take the floor, and Darren, your final round, 45 second conclusion round. Please begin now. Okay, so I want to clear up why Wendell and Warner won the uh, Fields Medal with just a little refresher on Teichmuller spaces. So uh, <laughs> we all know that the theory of moduli of Riemann surfaces occupies a central role in modern mathematics. And it's a subject rich with deep general theories and full of interesting special cases, okay? Uh, it has a technology of its own, but it borrows extensively from other disciplines like topology, algebraic geometry, and things with several complex variables, but it also has applications to diverse fields like partial differential equations, minimal surfaces, and even particle physics. And of course, one of the main objects in the theory is that the Teichmuller space, which is uh, points, whose points are all marked compact Riemann surfaces with genus okay. E and punctured. Darren, I'm going to, I'm going to ask points. you. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you at that point. I'm going to cut you off there. You have, it, you've gone over really, the there's not much. It's just a few minutes more to get to. <laughs> I know this. You only get 45. I know this for a fact. You only get 45 seconds. You can yes, have my yes, team, yes. though. You can take uh, Gina, Gina, come on out. Tell us your, your thoughts on that, Gina. Well, I I was in Alpha Theta, which is a math uh, thing, and he never mentioned the word derivative once, and that is all he's talking about. So I'm going to just call bluff on that. That's well, all. Okay. This is wow. more to do with partial differential equations, but okay. <laughs> that's a good point that's a very good point all right well spoken uh alan what do you think of darren's story all right i heard gwen warner and then i heard jargon jargon and more jargon this is uh, you know it's this is why i changed majors in college i didn't want anything to do with this so yeah i i think uh think uh, darren's getting away with just throwing a bunch of jargon in his story just to throw us off and i call bluff all right wow that's Wow, they're already calling bluff. We haven't even heard Gina's final round of her story yet. Interesting, very interesting. Uh, by the way, uh, jargon, jargon, and more jargon. That would be an interesting name for a CPA firm, just saying. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Gina, why don't you come out, Gina, and uh, give us your conclusion, your 45-second conclusive round, and the, few, the floor is yours. Well, just so that you know that if the person who uh, stole those sold them, they would be over a million dollars in 2009. Um, the, uh, they finally traced, the officials traced the um, actual uh, sale of it. They, they did a lot more investigating, and they found that it belonged to a guy named Flute Player 1988. They found his eBay account. On his eBay account, he said that he's doing it to buy a flute. He was selling all of these feathers to fly fishermen to put on their lures, actually fly tires, which is a very specific, tea, uh, they, they tie the, the lures and they make them by hand. Uh, they actually have recipes going back to the um, 1800s that actually give you the exact ingredients to tie on your fishing thing, which is why some of the birds are extinct and you can't get them except at a museum of natural history. The boy was only 20 years old when he did it and he had Asperger's, so he was let off. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I should have written that. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Alan, what do you think of Gina's conclusive, concluding story here? All right. There's nothing that you, you can't make today. We've got 3D printers. We don't need to be ripping off 
extinct bird feathers to make fishing lures. That's preposterous. And you can color them any color you want these days. This is not, no, no, bluff, bluffity, bluff, bluff. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, also, you know, a name of the county firm, Bluffy Bluff Bluff Bluff. Anymore, so that's why. <laughs> so it's for salmon. Uh, Darren, what do you, Darren? What do you think of Gina's conclusion there? Gina, are you telling me that they caught him and then they threw him back because he was too small? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> In the show right now, that was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That was indeed brilliant, and we are close to ending the show. But first, we have to determine which of you three panelists is indeed bluffing. And you know, for my money, I I just found it. um, I found it convenient. uh, Well, I'll get to me in a second. But Alan, Alan, what what do you think, Alan? Which which of our which of our panelists do you think is bluffing, Alan? Uh, again, risking getting caught to make these fishing lures and, and just that, that they would keep going into the computer age. No, that does, I I can't imagine uh, these feathers surviving that long anyway. And, uh, no, it just doesn't seem logical to me. Although Darren did throw in a bunch of jargon that I would not know one way or the other. I'm going to go with Gina being the bluff. Okay. You didn't say anything in this story. (laughs) Uh, Darren, what do you? What's your uh, vote for Bluff? I also have to go with Gina. I mean, she started out by saying the security guard was watching soccer, which he never would do in England. He'd be watching football. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just all all downhill from there. Okay, all right. Gina, who do you think is bluffing? It's all in the details, isn't it? The detail I got from Darren's story is that a woman won the uh, Fields uh, Medal. The only woman, or the first woman, in 2006. That's all I got. There was nothing more to his story. Alan, I got when to be mad at my husband. So this is a tricky one for me. So I don't know. I am going to say Darren, though, because unless it's me, in which case I can't tell you. So all right. okay. All right. you're, you're thinking that Darren is the buff. For me, it comes down to, uh, I mean, they, there was bits and pieces of these stories you know the the inflated salary of five hundred dollars back in 1892 worth a that i mean like you literally you could have bought the, the entire allegheny football team much let's money. not act like football players don't make money let's <laughs> let's be honest here <laughs> they do now not they, outrageous they do now but they didn't back then you know and then darren again you know throwing out all this stuff about all these awards and and these technical you know these wow just just wow darren okay but for me it comes down to Gina um, and the very specific detail that no one knew that this guy had broken in for 35 days. And conveniently, the CCTV or the CCTV only went back 28 days. So then how did they know he broke in 35 days ago? How did they know that then? Uh, so that is why I'm, for my money, I'm going to guess that Gina is tonight's bluff. Mm. Um, but you know who knows? Adam knows who tonight's That's bluff is. So right. Adam is going to tell us if it was uh, the Fields of Dreams, the Field and Stream, or the Field of Football. Adam, would you please tell us who was tonight's bluff? I'd be happy to, Chris. I'm going to line up the perpetrators first and put them in the potential bluff spots. Ladies and gentlemen, was your bluff tonight, Gina? Or was your bluff, Darren? Or could your bluff have been Alan? 
I and I alone know, and now I'm going to give it away. Ladies and gentlemen, your bluff tonight was Darren. <laughs> Who could have guessed? I think. Darren could. I could have. I think Gina yeah. guessed. Well, Gina, Gina actually did right, guess. Right? Gina, Gina, Gina did guess. guess. That's this right. was only one fact. I mean, that I know of. <laughs> that well, was... Gina, well, well done, Gina. Well done. Uh, uh, all right. May I share one last, maybe not a last fact, but a fact. Um, I yes. did look it up. I cheated. I know I'm not supposed to. But I looked it up. $500 back then was 16273 American dollars today. That doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot. I mean, I would take it. How much was it? <laughs> to, how much was that? 16273 See? Come on. That's not outrageous, people. That's it's still by their money. Okay. All right. It wouldn't be football without some shouting. That's correct. <laughs> uh, well, field of dreams, field and stream, field of football. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you had a whole field's worth of entertainment watching this and listening to this show tonight. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of History Plus. We are here each week with a new topic and three panelists telling us stories about history. And one of them is going to be bluffing, as always, the truth can indeed be stranger than fiction. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Gina, Darren, and Alan. Thank you very much for being again on the panelists. And then give it up for our tech, Adam. And Adam, I'm going to hand things off to you. You got it. Chris, thanks for hosting. And we will be back. Please tune in again to learn more. <laughs>